Father, thank you for everyone here. Thank you for your grace upon our lives. Thank you, Father, that we have the privilege of being able to come together as a collective and meet with you and one another. Um, Father, I pray you give all of us ears to hear. I pray that you would speak to each of us specifically. Um, I pray that though you receive us exactly as we are this morning, that we would leave here somehow different. Would you challenge our worldview and would you cause us to act this week? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, welcome to City Hill. Um, if you haven't been before, we've got some connect cards on the tables which say, we are so glad you're here, because we are. We wouldn't lie like that. Um, so if you want to fill one of those out, we've got a gift for you. Um, yeah, and it's a pretty, pretty awesome gift. So, today we're going to crack into things. We're in week two of our series, Altars. We're looking at different key altars in the Bible, because when God alters, men build altars. So last week we looked at Noah and the altar that he built and the alteration that God um, brought about on the face of the earth. And today we are looking at Abraham's altar that he builds in Genesis chapter chapter 12. So we're gonna we're gonna read from Genesis chapter 12. So now the Lord said to Abraham, "Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land I will show you." And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. So, for Abraham to receive this blessing, where he will be blessed, and not only for him to be blessed, but everyone who aligns themselves with him, who will bless him, they will also receive this blessing. For this to happen, um, Abraham actually has to do something. He has to step out. He has to step out and align himself with what God is doing. So God is calling him to a new place. Um, that's a really big deal. Abraham's a really successful uh, businessman. He's a bit of a baller. He's got tons of um, stock, uh, not on the exchange, literally cows. That's how they did it back then. He's got herdsmen. He's got big business, mad P. Doesn't make it rain in the club. Weren't any clubs, but probably owned a few wells that he would hang out at because uh, that was the social place to meet people, as we'll find out later on as we explore um, the different aspects of his children's lives and where they meet their, their partners. Um, he, he's being called away from where he is. And like when we read the Bible, I think we take a lot of this stuff for granted because we maybe have some preconceived ideas about people, about who they are, where they're from, what they mean in the greater story. We've grown up maybe as kids hearing from grandparents or parents or in church or in Sunday school these stories about these people so it's kind of like where the story is going to go is a given and so I think sometimes we overlook uh, the huge shift and the catalyst for change that happens in these individuals lives when they start to follow the call that God has for them so with, with Abraham for example here he's, he's leaving behind his family um, Kay's going with his immediate family and but he's, he's leaving the, the wider family he's leaving his nation so your nation has a huge part to play in your identity. Um, then I think even as, well, in some slightly unique and different ways more so than, than now. I mean, we live in a, in a time, especially in London, that is so uh, multicultural, so diverse, that, and we're part of larger um, blocks like the EU. Obviously, we're leaving that, haven't yet. So our identity is factored in with so many different things. So moving around doesn't mean too much of a different change. But for Abraham, it's a complete unknown. He doesn't know where he's going. He doesn't know what it's going to be about. 
he has this idea of who God is, but the idea of who God is in this particular time in history is very much associated and tied to the place that you live. So in different parts of the Bible um, and different cultures within the surrounding areas, people would take, if they were moving to another country or another tribe, they would take dirt with them. So you and I would pack up our belongings, they would take dirt. And the reason they would take dirt is because God was seen as God of that particular place. And so if you want to continue with that God being your God and you're going to move away from there, well, you better take some of that ground. <laughs> so people would literally be, have their idea of who God is associated to a region. So now when we talk about Christianity, that's not the case. It's, it's, it's spread so far, so wide, so many different cultural interpretations and, and expressions. Um, the expression we have today, quite unique from the traditions that have gone before it. Um, there's, there's such variety. But for Abraham, it's literally, this is where you live, so this is who God is. And now God is saying, I'm going to reveal to you who I am completely differently by calling you to another place. So when he calls him to another place, it's not just a shift of like, you're moving, there's going to be new neighbors, get over it. It's, it's, it's a kind of, you're going to discover me for the first time. You're going to discover me afresh. Um, things aren't maybe how you understand them. So in calling him away, but he's letting him know it's going to be okay, that he's going to bless him and he's going to make your name great so that you'll be a blessing. He's going to make your name great. This is a kind of a huge statement because in the context of the surrounding chapters beforehand, in chapter 11, what we have is we have the Tower of Babel, which is where people are establishing and making themselves great. So in this next chapter, what we see starting off with the, the patriarch and the founding fathers of the faith with Abraham is that actually he's not out to make his name great. He's successful. He has a lot. He has a great name. But actually, what matters to him isn't about him making his name great. It's about finding his identity in God, who God is, who God's calling him to be, where God's calling him to, and that out of this, God will make his name great. So in the chapter before where everything's going horrendously wrong, um, this selfish ambition of making your name great, whereas here it's like, actually, God, I want to follow what you want to do. And God's like, oh, don't worry, I've got you, and I'll totally make your name great. And I'll make your name great for the reason of you being a blessing to others. So it's not, let me get to the top of my game so I can be a douche and keep all this stuff amassed for my own selfish interests. Um, I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you, I will curse. The interesting thing there is, I will bless those who bless you, the you being plural, and him who dishonors you, him being singular. So in the original language it's written in, not in the English, um, what it's saying is like there's going to be a multitude of people that are going to be blessed through you. From me blessing you, you're going to be a blessing to so many. But you know what? There's going to be a couple of morons along the way that are just totally going to try and try and curse you. But don't worry, I got you. I will, I will, I will dump you those use. So that's kind of what he's, he's, he's saying here. And in you, all the families of the earth, all the families of the earth shall be blessed makes him aware of a much bigger picture, a much bigger story that Abraham's about to take um, part in. Uh, but the, the, the thing I want us to, to really take to heart today is that if you're going about your life trying to make your name great, uh, you might want to rethink that um, because God wants you to seek him first and then he will make your name great and he'll do it so that you'll be a blessing to others. The idea of self-gain um, in the world is uh, Nelson Mandela put it this way. He said, poverty is an issue made by the actions of men and can be solved by the actions of men. By buying into a worldview that says, I'm going to make my name great, you're part of the problem. But buying into a worldview that says, Lord, have your way. Let's live kingdom. Let's live outward. At the center of it all, he will bless you that you'll be a blessing to others, that you will solve social, economic, 
um, problems within the environment around you. So Abraham went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him, his nephew. Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Abraham took um, Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they gathered, and the people that they had acquired in Haran. And they set out to go to the land of Canaan. I just want to highlight here as well the people they had gathered. Um, so he had servants who were kind of like slaves, people that had been um, acquired. It's totally different from what we were talking about in the, the slave trade. Um, and with the view to here, uh, it's more like employees who are with you. They're not downtreated. They're not treated badly. They're not, um, as you'll find later in the, the Mosaic law, the way that uh, Moses sees the world is that, yeah, people were bought in the Old Testament. It doesn't draw the same parallel. The honor, they would get the Sabbath, the day of rest, different from when Israel was in slavery in Egypt. And it was kind of stepped forward. Obviously, there's an ideal, no one slaves. Although I kind of feel like one, I'm not going to lie, in my current employment. Um, I don't know about you guys, you might have it going great. Um, but the, the, so it, it draws more of a parallel here with our current employment situation than it does with when we talk about slavery and we think of the transatlantic slave trade, where people are broken, um, treated inhumanely um, as complete and utter possessions. No, everyone got the Sabbath day of rest. So, for example, that was totally different from the Israelites' experience in Egypt, and it's the same here with, with Abraham. It's not. So when we hear that, we're not flagging the same thing as a transatlantic slave trade. I want to make that kind of clear. When they came to the land of Canaan, Abraham passed through the land to a place called Shechem, to the oaks of Morah, that at the time the Canaanites were in the land. And the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he moved to the hill country east of Bethel and pitched his tent. Um, with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abraham journeyed on, still going towards the Negev. So first of all, there's this call to action. It's a scary call to action. It calls apart his identity. It calls that God's going to build a new identity for him. There's no overall promise of what this identity is going to look like. So he's stepping out of complete faith abandoning himself to God, which is similar to the call of Moses, where Moses has God say to him, um, I am who I am, which literally translates as, um, I will reveal your nature, my nature to you by my actions. Abraham's going on the same explorative journey. Often with the Christian tradition, since the Reformation, what we do is we say, this is who God is, and we impose that upon a person. With Moses' tradition, with Abraham's tradition, it was a journey of discovery, of discovering God for yourself, finding out who he is. With Moses, it was the same. I am who I am. I'm revealing myself to you by my nature, by my actions. Um, and then what happened from that particular story is why the whole of the Old Testament has all these different names for God. It's because all these people are like, oh, he's the one who provides. Oh, he's my healer. Oh, oh, he's this. Oh, he's that. Oh, he's my banner. Yeah, he's got a banner over me. Oh, this is great. He, de- he declares himself to be this. He declares himself, reveals himself to be this. Jesus reveals himself to us as salvation. And he is our savior and that's why his name is what it is. And so people discovered him in different ways. And so Abraham is setting out on this journey to find out who God is. So Abraham left his identity behind, his nation, his family, the very dirt that he'd grown up knowing to be sacred as a part of the discovery of who God was. Um, God calls us to leave behind the familiarity of our identity, to discover him for ourselves. Ironically, this is where we truly find ourselves. We end up on the journey of finding out who God is, finally actually finding who we are. 
so many times you meet and different young people that I've worked with down the years always going like, I'm gonna take a gap year, I'm gonna find myself. And they take this gap year and when you meet up with them afterwards, you're like, so how was it? Did you find yourself? Did the great Where's Wally trip prove to be all that it has cracked up to be? Have you found who you are now? And they're more confused than ever because they realize they're like an onion. And when you peel away, spend all day peeling away skins, you find out all I am is skins and there's nothing left. And then you're completely confused. Whereas actually what we find is when God calls us to leave behind our familiarity of our identity, we discover him for ourselves afresh. And ironically, that's where we truly find who we are. And then we have this second time. So we have this first time when God calls him out, says this, I'm going to be a blessing. You're going to be a blessing. And you're going to bless all the nations. Those who curse you, I'm going to curse. Um, God's got our backs. The same thing I believe God is speaking over us. Um, It says, the Lord appeared to him. So to your offspring, I will give this land. The Lord appeared to him. Um, Sometimes you don't get the next part of the plan until you step out into the first part. So often, I've met different guys who were like, oh, like they had this idea, this calling, this vocation that they felt within them was really who they were supposed to be. But they've never taken that step forward. And so all they ever sit there with is whenever I meet them and I'm like, oh, so what are you doing with yourself? What are you doing with your life? Who do you want to be? Where do you want to go? And it's exactly the same place it was the last time I met with them. And the reason for that is they've taken no steps towards what they wanted to do. And sometimes it's not until you step out, you find what the next leg is. You find out what the next part of who you're supposed to be, who God's calling you to be. Like, I'm, I'm not going to lie, like there was so many years from when God told me that he wanted me to kind of start a church. I think I was about 17. I didn't actually get the okay to go. I was ready to go the whole time and bang. But um, he saved me from myself and I'm grateful to that. I was totes not ready. Um, but then once you step out, you start to learn and you go on a journey and then you find out the next part and the next part and the next part. I had this idea that kind of when you had this vision, well, that was it, that was the vision and you were kind of like married to that vision and that was it and you kept going until you got it right. And then there was this uh, lady, she's, she's passed, she's with Jesus now, but absolute inspiration. She said to me, said, Andy, you know what? Sometimes the dream's not, the dream doesn't really matter that much. I'm like, what are you talking about? Said, it doesn't matter that much. Said, Often the dream is just to lead you to the next dream. Often, often the first vision is just leading you to the next vision. And, and, and you're so caught up in, in the first thing that actually you're failing to see what's right here, right now, leading you forward to something else. And you can be stuck to something like it's an anchor. Um, and sometimes people are so paralyzed by this fear of stepping out. But actually sometimes we've got to be like Abraham and go, you know what, I'm going to leave familiarity behind. I'm going to leave the known behind. I'm going to step out into the unknown. And I'm going to discover who God is for myself. I'm going to discover who I am for myself. Because those two things are interchangeable and interconnected. As you discover who God is, it's when you find yourself. And so the Lord appeared to him and said, oh, by the way, this land, oh, yeah, totally yours and your descendants. Like, what? Like, where was the original bringing on this? You know what I mean? He's like, I'm going to lead you to this place. And now it's like, oh, yeah, this is it. But we're not going to stay too attached to this land, Abraham. We're going to keep moving on from here. So the first thing is, to your offspring, I will give this land. Okay, well, why don't we stop right now? And that's what he says. But sometimes you don't get the next part of the plan till you step out into the first part. What I love about Abraham is this. So in the last story, we had an altar being built with Noah at the end of the thing. So Methuselah died and his name meant when he dies, it shall come. He dies, the flood comes, um, everything happens. Noah gets out. He, he sees it's okay, still waits, doesn't leave the boat. God says, you can go now. Then he steps out. That's when straight away, without any prompt, he just builds an altar um, and he's like, God, I'm so thankful. This is awesome. And he gives this thing and it's like a fragrant aroma to God. Abraham, he hasn't got this land yet. Like there are no, I know there weren't deeds back then, but the deal is not sealed. 
It hasn't happened. They're not settling here. They're not living in this place. It's just God has said to your offspring, I will give this land. And he builds an altar there and then just builds it right there. Slap bang. Let's do this. He builds it. But then it says something interesting at the end of the chapter. It says, and Abraham journeyed on towards the Negreb. So he arrives at the place. This is the place for your descendants. But he leaves there. And he moves on. And he carries on this journey. Even though God has said, this place I'm going to give to you. You know what? Sometimes in our lives, we get so caught up in the vision that we're standing waiting because this place has been given over to us. This, this opportunity, this calling, this location, this job opportunity. And it's there. But we're just standing there looking at it. But actually sometimes, although God has said that, it doesn't mean it's right that imminent moment. And so Abraham never kind of sees the, 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 the owning of it. His descendants do get it, and they're there today. But he doesn't see it, he doesn't own it. But even though he doesn't own it, he still builds an altar and says, thank you, thank you that my offspring are gonna enjoy this one day. I think so often we're not thankful until we get it. We're not thankful till we get our way. We're not thankful till our problem's solved. With Abraham, that's not the case. He hasn't got it yet. His problem's not solved yet, but God said, I'm going to do something about that. Oh, great. You're doing something about this? Awesome. Cool. Let's build an altar. And so he built this altar to thank God for the, the future provision for his descendants. Today, what I want us to do is each and every single one of us has come from different places, a different story, a different tradition, a different way of looking at the world, a different way of looking at our lives. I want us to ask a question. I want us to ask the question, what is it a part of my identity that I might actually need to let go of today? What part of my identity in the place that I'm in? I can't answer that question for you. That's, that's your own question. I can only answer it for me. What part of my identity today is God maybe saying, this is holding you back and you've got to let go of this and you've got to move forward? What part of what I've always known, what I've always understood, the familiarity of the rhythm of life always being the same. That's been this undercurrent understanding that God just wants to pull away so you can discover Him in a new way, that it can liberate your life, that it can bring healing to you, bring transformation to your soul. And, and, and the second thing I want to ask is, what is it you're going through right now that is causing you bare stress, bare worry, bare anxiety? Or what promise has been given you that you just haven't seen fulfilled? And it's kind of just lingering there in the background that you kind of now have got to a place where it's a little bit bitter, a little bit frustrating. Um, I'm going to encourage us today, to, we're going to spend a moment where we're just going to be thankful to God and we're going to say thank you. Because actually, Abraham doesn't get that land, but he, he's walking over it. And God's like, oh, this is totally few descendants. This is, this is what we were talking about. This right here. Uh, but we're going to keep it moving. <laughs> we're going to keep it moving. Maybe the problem you're going through, the thing that's giving you agony, the thing that's giving you stress, the thing that's giving you grief, God's going like, oh, cool, cool, I've got this, but there's some other stuff you need to learn. That there's more to the story that your people are going to need before they settle here. There's more about their identity they're going to need to discover, not just through you, but through your, your, his, his son, through, 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 through Israel. We've got, we've got Jacob, we've got all these different types of people that they want to learn these traditions as they go on this journey. And it says he built um, an altar there for the final thing. He built... An altar. Altars are places where God may be encountered in worship. That's the way they perceive them. 
So they didn't yet have this understanding, this idea of the tabernacle, this holy of holy, this tent, this place that God resides and lives among the people. So for them, it was kind of like, oh, this place right here, right now, I've just connected with God and I'm going to build this here. And then other people who come are going to come to this place and go, oh, this is where you connect with God for your provision for your future, for your, for your this, for your that. And so Abraham would have built this thing with that in mind because that's the culture, that's the way that they, they did what they did. Maybe at home you might need to build a visual aid of some description. Or as we have graphic designers in the church, maybe you need to go home and do some graphic design, knock something up, phone wallpaper that's going to remind you, oh, that thing you're stressing about all the time, oh yeah, he's got it, he's provided for it already. But we need to keep it moving. Let's not linger here in anxiety, fear, and, and stress. Let's know that God's got this and he's provided for us. Um, I'm going to pray for us and then we're going to wrap things up for today. Father, I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you that um, you want to speak straight to the heart of who we are, that you want to sometimes pull away the foundations and the familiarity of everything we've ever known, that we can discover you afresh and we'll be able to know you for ourselves in our own unique way that's part of our um, narrative, our story. Um, Father, I thank you that though we may be going through things that are really stressful, really fearful, um, we know that we can trust in you and that you've provided the ground beneath our feet, that you've provided the provision, the answer to the situation. That those promises that we've had in the background that maybe we're even bitter about now, we need to understand. Maybe we receive your spirit today, that we will be free and liberated to build our altar where we connect with you and we say, thank you so much that you've got this because I totally don't, but I know that you do and that you're here working things out. And Father, I thank you that you don't want me to stay here, but you want me to keep it moving. And later on in my life, may this moment serve as an altar that I can lead someone else to when they're going through the stress. And I'll remind them, oh, I totally went through this, but here's how the Lord brought about a change in my life. I believe he can bring it about in yours. Amen. One thing I want to um, leave us with is we have here behind me, though I'm blocking them, our values, shine, invite, give, the... The value I want to talk about today at the end of this talk is, is invite, invite to City Hill, invite to the party, invite to your life. I think this story is about invitation. It's about invitation. This altar's created. It's a public thing. It's not like he's the only guy who knows about it. It's written in scripture. People can come back to this place. They can encounter God in this way. I want you to invite God into your, I want to invite people into your life rather to encounter the way that you encounter God and how he liberates you from whatever it is you're going through right now. That further down the line, you'll be listening for the knots. The knots that people say. People say, I was not prepared for this. I did not expect this to happen. And as soon as you hear one of those knots, you're like, oh, I totally need to invite them to my story in this, this part of my life where I did not expect I'd ever get past this Aggie, this stress. I did not expect I'd ever have to deal with this and then share what it is that God's done for you. But also when you hear those kind of knots, um, think, oh, that, that's totally the person I need to invite to City Hill. Because they're going for a moment in their life where they've hit, I did not expect that, and it's messed them up. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Our church is full of people who didn't expect all these horrendous problems in their lives. You should totally check it out. And we could all have big problems together uh, that we just hand over to God, and he moves us, keeps moving. It's great. Um, so this week, I want you to hear the things people say to you. When you hear them say those things like, I did not expect this. I did not see that coming. Just think, oh, that's a, totally, that's, that's a sign. That's someone I need to invite into my life, and someone I need to invite to you. Have an amazing week. Um, next Sunday, we will be um, having a time of worship. Also, it's an award Sunday, which is the best time ever. So we have uh, Give. 
So giving is living. Your time is a priceless gift only you can give. So different people there, you can sign up if you want to volunteer in some capacity at Sea Hill on the website. It's got a get LinkedIn thing. There's different ways, different areas to serve, different things to get involved in. Every three months, we celebrate someone who serves on the team at City Hill and we give them this really cool like award. It's like really awesome. It's got this like, Edison light bulb lamp because we're all about shining our light and it actually works. You plug it in, it turns on the stuff. And it's got kind of engraved on the side what, who it's been awarded to and why and then our logo on it. It's so dope. It's like the coolest thing ever. So next Sunday's gonna be an awesome Sunday because we get to celebrate someone. And that's what we're about at City Hill because friends celebrate one another when they, when they do something. So make sure you're here next week. Be a bringer, bring someone to celebrate someone it's going to be so good and the person we're celebrating is going to be so awesome um, so yeah enjoy if you want another tea or coffee let me know I'll go knock that up if you want to chill chat cool or if you just want to run out this is a United Nations hostage free zone you can